a doctor in the house. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. The doctor should be out, but he's in. What are you doing here, Dr. Batar? You just had an advanced medicine seminar. You should be laid up for weeks in the hospital or something. No, <laughs> the I kind do. of thing you do. No, actually, um, it's not that I'm here. You're here. Oh, oh, yes, sir. You <laughs> caught me. That's right. We're on the road. It's the Robert Scabell Roadshow, Advanced Medicine Monday, uh, right from the office. And, uh, Dr. Batar, I have to say, thank you again for having me on board. And we had a great time. And Ty was there. Yeah. And nobody great. got bruised up too bad. <laughs> it was good. It was good. It, it was really good. I tell you what, it was really cool to have all three of us together. And once again, this is the biggest one as far as the advanced medicine seminars that have been done since the first one in Philly, right? Right. When we did that. Right. And it was just... And we also had the longest reach from uh, this particular seminar. We had people as far away as Africa here. Uh, uh, yeah, Nova Scotia. They came down from Nova Scotia. Remember that yep, guy, the yep, family? Yep, Nova Scotia. That, that was cool. Far south, I mean, you know, Africa from Nigeria, that's a mm-hmm. long way to take a flight to come to a seminar, but it was really nice. Did they, did they know what we say at the end of each show from Africa? You know, I'm not sure. She ended up having to leave right at 4.30 on the second day. So she was a provider. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't get a chance to talk to her. She left me a private little note. It was really nice. But I don't know whether she's actually listening to the show out there or not. Okay. Well, I know we have some listeners everywhere, including Africa. So, But I, it was kind of funny when you asked that question. And pretty much everybody went, the power to heal is yours. Yeah, yeah. The word is getting out, which was really awesome. And uh, as I said, having Ty there together uh i think was i was talking to your wife deb and she was saying where, where did you guys start with the uh, the punch and judy routine because i mean it's so hilarious at a certain point i was holding you both back no no don't beat each other up but i mean there's a lot of love there too i don't know i mean it's just became what, a brotherly thing yeah it's, it's always been like that with ty and i so you know that's one reason i made the comment that uh, if anybody ever sees a picture of ty and me together and it looks like we're being affectionate towards each other, we're friendly. It has been photoshopped. <laughs> <laughs> it was total photoshop. Any audio where you said anything nice yeah. about him? <laughs> By the way, uh, sneak preview. Uh, Doctor Batar is going to uh, planning to crash the Advanced Medicine Wednesday, right? That's why I didn't call it Outside the Box Wednesday because it's going to be Advanced Medicine, and uh, Rashid will be there. We'll see how Ty handles that. <laughs> Pretty graciously, I imagine. He's I'm a sure. good good guy, and he flew here with a buddy of his who's an orthopedic surgeon. Right, right. That was interesting, and yeah. he, he kind of got in the club a little bit i was impressed yeah he actually did his residency and actually the undergraduate medical school and residency and fellowship at baylor and he was there a couple years after i was there so he was on red team and i was in blue team so we knew many of the attending physicians uh we shared some stories about getting hazed by the same attendings and mm-hmm. so it was, it was cool yeah I, I find it interesting uh you know when you come from the background of, of pure allopathic surgery how and he 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 acknowledged as well how little nutrition that they learn. It's not like it's it's new news here, but every time you hear it, you're just like, yeah, you know, it's it's amazing how much you become a, a doctor and how little you look into what really uh, is, is necessary for health itself and how the body works. I mean, physiology is where the emphasis should be, mm-hmm. and it's actually pharmacology where the emphasis is placed. Yeah. They don't think about how the body works. It's You go through physiology, you go through the anatomy, you go through this, that, the other, and then everything is pharmacology, everything. The entire emphasis, I mean, it's like 85% of the education is pharmacological. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and so when I joke about drug deficiency diseases or vaccine deficiency disease, it really is, and it's an absurd statement to have to say it, but you, you look at the paradigm and how they view you, what else are you going to say? What right. other conclusion do you come to? And, yeah, exactly. And, and you were pretty hard on the docs. Well, I have to be because, you know, I'm tired of uh, people making excuses for the docs. And I've, I've myself have said, you know, you can't blame a dog for peeing on the carpet when the dog's <laughs> never been trained to pee on the carpet. But still, <laughs> what about the dogs that learned how to, that they shouldn't pee on the carpet? What about them? How do they get the credit, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, it's, not, it's not about making excuses. I mean, if a person truly wants to help somebody, then their entire educational process should have educated them enough to know that, hey, wait a second, we're going down the wrong pathway. For example, when you learn about how the body works and you start start to see that the entire emphasis is being put on pharmacological science and very little on physiological science because physiology is how the body works. You must know how the machine works if you're going to try to fix it. But if you don't even understand how the machine works, how in the yes <laughs> name of hell can you expect to fix it? Did you notice I was getting ready yeah. to say something else, but I figured you'd bleep me. So. Well, I know. The bleep button goes more for Dr. Batar than about any of my guests. <laughs> the only other guy I had... Uh, years ago on the show, uh, Harvey, what, what was his name? Um, a brilliant uh, guy. I mean, he was the, the founding editor for Science Biotechnology, and he was also a friend of Professor Peter Duisburg, and he wrote a big treatise on, on Duisburg because he stepped outside the consensus on the HIV issue all those years ago and defended him with science. And that guy could drop F-bombs like no tomorrow yeah. because he was... I, I don't think I've ever dropped an F-bomb. No, you haven't. No. To your credit, you haven't. <laughs> Although my producer thought I did the other other day a few days ago, but it, no, it was F-R-I-C-K-I-N. You can say that on the air. Okay. It's allowed. It's okay. allowed. So uh, anyway, you know, I want to talk also about um, one of the... There's always, at every one of the advanced medicine seminars I've attended, there's always at least one, sometimes more of the most profound stories that will bring you to tears Mm -hmm. in the flesh. Mm -hmm. Somebody who has been through living hell, ailments, uh, borderline paralysis, Mm wheelchair-bound. And we had one woman like that, wheelchair-bound, that at the the seminar, she's not in a wheelchair. She got up and walked. Mm -hmm. Can you tell a little bit about that backstory? Yeah, actually, we had that also in uh, Philadelphia. Remember yeah, the that? first one was right. like that. That's why I right. thought it was interesting, full circle, and it was a different person altogether. Right, and this patient of mine from Virginia actually came to Pennsylvania, and I didn't know she was going to drive all the way. This patient, I didn't know was coming till actually the day before the seminar. And she, she happened to tell me that I'll see you on Saturday, and I just had my last visit with her before she leaves. Uh, she's from Minnesota, and long story short, Three and a half years ago, she was confined to, I don't know, whether it's three and a half. She met her husband about three and a half years ago, and she was in a wheelchair. She was in a wheelchair at the time. He was there as well. Right. So he, he had never known her outside of her being wheelchair bound. Exactly. Up until about two and a half weeks ago, which mm-hmm. is when she was able to get out of the wheelchair. And you saw how she walked. I mean, she wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, difficult. She didn't need a cane or anything like that. She was just walking normally. Yes. And it's amazing what the body can do if you can just identify what the issue is and then alleviate that issue. And more often than not, there's either a severe toxicity and or a severe deficiency, very often both. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's where really cancer starts. I believe that at a certain point in the body where there's a severe amount of stress, oxidative stress, due to Mm -hmm. some type of toxicity Mm -hmm. and or a severe nutritional deficiency, usually both, at that very pinpoint, that's where the cancer actually originates. That's where the suppression of apoptosis occurs, and that's where the entire uncontrolled cellular proliferation cascade begins. Mm -hmm. And that's where the oncogenic process begins. And I think that's true with pretty much 
you know, on a global scale, you can put that same type of scenario into any type of the pathologies that we deal with. Right. So we go nutritional deficiency. I call it a toxin proficiency. That's yeah. not accurate, but it's like yeah. it's an overabundance of things that right. you normally in a healthy body. And if they're not synthetic and foreign to all life you would have an ability to metabolize and process out and excrete. Correct. We've got the un- undue burden of you know normal metabolic waste in a, in, a, in a deficient body compounded by a whole host of synthetics, heavy metals, big point. And a big point as well, uh, a lot of people will say, you know, listen, I- I'm not like that person. I have Lyme. I don't have cancer. But I found in my healing practice in homeopathy, I do the same basic thing. Sure, there are nuances. Every individual is an individual. But you, you don't meet the one, well, this one patient doesn't need a healthy liver. This one doesn't need good kidney function. Exactly. I mean, that's that whole basis point. And also, it, it harkens back to the nine steps, why you can have a universal, let's say, uh, approach that then you differentiate, you know, nuances in, within it. But the basics apply. You're absolutely right. That's one reason you heard me ask the question for my nursing staff. You know, how many Lyme's patients do we mm-hmm. treat? You remember that? And I do. They, were, they said a lot. And I said, how many Lyme's patients do we treat? And Are they, in trouble? Kind of, they were kind of quiet. <laughs> well, no, you know, it's kind of like hard. They don't know how to answer the question. So I said, okay, do we have an autism protocol? No, I said, do we have a Lyme's protocol? No. What are the two protocols we have? Cancer and autism. I said, so again, I'll ask you, do we treat Lyme's? No. I said, now, did I say how many how many people with Lyme's have we treated successfully? That's not what I asked. I said, how, you know, right. how many Lyme's patients do we treat? We treat our Lyme's patients the same as we treat you know, our diabetic patients. The same because it's a universal, as you said, it's a universal approach. It's that you know, the three foundations of health are the same. The five steps to treat cancer is the same. The nine steps, they're all applicable to everybody. The seven toxicities, they're applicable to all disease processes. Mm-hmm. If you noticed, the only difference was between the three foundations of health and the five steps of uh, to address cancer. Well, you, st- you just flipped them. That's right. Two bit. and three was mm-hmm. flipped. That was the only that thing. And then you had four and five in cancer that you don't need when you're dealing with overall mm-hmm. health issues and, and other types of pathologies. Yeah. And I, I, I love that. But again, it, it I guess there are some in the medical profession that would rebel against that concept because there's been such a, a it's it's been almost genetically modified into the DNA of doctors that you have to uh, basically tag somebody or or label them. And that means something that is radically different from all other disease processes. Yeah, and I think the reason is is because as you already know very well and maybe most of our listeners don't know, the Flexner report that Ty gave a outstanding presentation on at the Advanced Medicine There you Seminar. go, praising him again. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> Oops. Well, I, I don't think he listens to this anyway, but you know, if anybody is a is a Thai fan, too, don't tell him that I said that. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I don't want his head to get blown up, and then he kind of can't. He walk won't be able doors. to. He won't be able to fit outside the box. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But you know, the flexion report I think had a lot to do with it, and it's interesting that. This is the 100-year anniversary of the Flexner Report. In 2010, yeah, when, when Obamacare happened. That was... Oh, is that when... I thought yeah. it was 2010. Yeah, 2010. Okay. And that, that, I thought it was 1913 the Flexner Report came out. No, there were a few other things that happened that he referenced. I Federal see. Reserve Act and a few other medical things that happened when Carnegie and Rockefeller got together and did some, the, the propaganda campaign right. that really kicked into gear after that. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, um, I think that a lot of this, what you said is programmed to the DNF doctors to how to categorize everything. I think a lot of that started with the Flexner Report mm-hmm. and, and those types of thought processes were perpetuated and doctors became indoctrinated to a certain thought process. But in order to understand how to fix a disrupted system, you have to first and fundamentally understand 
the nature of what you're dealing with. And you can't understand the nature of what you're dealing with unless you understand how the system is supposed to work. Now, if you don't understand physiology, for example, we've talked about this before, Robert, but uh, I believe at this advanced medicine seminar, we used examples of diarrhea. We used examples of reflux. Yes. You know, these are symptoms of a a system that needs something. So for in the example of diarrhea, a person gets diarrhea because it's something irritating the gastrointestinal system. And doctors treat it by suppressing the diarrhea, suppressing the nausea, suppressing the vomiting. Whereas in fact, if you understand that the system was designed that when there's something irritating the gastrointestinal tract, Move the gastro- it on out. Exactly. The gastrointestinal tract is going to try to eliminate it. You're going to either get it up out mm-hmm. off the top, vomiting yeah. it, or you're going to have it coming out the other end. Why do you want to suppress a system? It's like saying that here's an accelerator that's designed in a car, and you're supposed to push on the accelerator to make the car go faster. But as the car goes faster, you start putting on the parking brake. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So just simply allowing the system to eliminate. Now, of course, if you're tactical, you know, we've talked that I gave that example. If a soldier's tactical and he can get killed because he's sitting down taking a, you know, going to the bow, having a bowel movement <laughs> in the middle of a tactical situation, then, of course, you're going to treat the symptom. For sure. Uh, if it's uh, Shigella or Salmonella, there's a lot of blood, you know, it's gone on for three, four months, Yeah, then you're going to do other things. But still, you're going to try to find the causative factor, right. whereas in that case, you know, it may be a, a bacterial infection, then you're going to address that. But you're not going to suppress the diarrhea because that is just the symptom. You never suppress the symptom. If you suppress the symptom, then how do you know that mm-hmm. the person's better? Exactly, exactly. Well, this is Advanced Medicine Monday, and uh, it's a special edition. Uh, Dr. Batar and I are in the same place at the same time. Yes, it happens. And is he secretly a homeopath? He certainly sounds like one today. <laughs> we'll talk more about the Advanced Medicine Seminar, and you definitely want to be at the next one, and there'll be more after that. So stand by for all the links are up at robertscottbell.com, and if you ever miss a show, they're all there at MedicalRewind.com as well. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Rocking the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Dr. Pitar, you sound more like a homeopathic doctor every yeah, time I talk to you. I don't understand what, what you meant by that. I think you, you meant to say I, you meant to say that you sound like a, a really good physician. That's is that what I, is yeah. that what I meant to say? Yeah, yeah. Are you taking offense at that? <laughs> no, not at all. No, you know. But the thing is, it, it just, I'm just I'm just wondering. It's kind of like when people think they have a monopoly on prayer or love. You know, like, I know. I, I know. How can you say that you have a monopoly on it's, good physiological? It's sense, true. Right? It's true. But it's just so funny because you know, being grown home, you know, raised pharmaceutically, allopathically, grown, regrown, or reborn homeopathically, you know, the the intense training on what you just said, the whole idea of suppression of symptoms is the antithesis, if you will, of a way you look in homeopathy at things. And it's still, you know, if I sit back from my training and listen to you, I'm going, dude, he was at the homeopathic school. He, you know, he didn't, he's not a regular physician. So, cause it's so rare to hear sure. it. And it was just like, boom, boom, boom. But that, that's true. The point, what you said is right. A good physician, I don't what label you give it should understand that as a concept. And that's why Hahnemann was unique because he developed a system with, you know, different aspects of the plant, mineral, animal kingdoms and uses a non-toxic form. He understood energy. But there's Ayurveda, there's Chinese medicine, there's all kinds of things that that adopt that kind of concept. Right. And I'd like to say that, you know, you sound like an advanced medicine physician. I'd like to think (laughs) that anybody that's practicing medicine that's good is practicing advanced medicine. That's the reason I've said, that's what I told the medical board, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
So that's classic. So well, by the way, I'd really like that picture that you showed when you. I've seen that picture through your presentation so many times with the head that's all the pills, and you said, "Here's a picture of me when I was a was kid. I was a kid, right?" <laughs> What's funny? I, I know. I was like looking Never at. Heard all, you say that before? I was looking at all of my old baby pictures. I was like, that was the most accurate that I could find. <laughs> you know, I, honestly, if if you realize, and I guess I'm not alone. As like I've said in my story, I'm a canary in a coal mine of my generation. You know, like a lot of the kids now that are in the autism spectrum because of vaccine damage, they're all seemingly canaries, but it's been degenerating, you know, and, and you know, born in the 60s, there wasn't a lot of me that was happening uh, with vaccine reactions and massive allergies and all the things that I went through. Uh, And so I look at my my life and say, you know, that was was a warning sign. I wasn't so devastated that I couldn't function, but I was always chronically ill. I was always on drugs. Mm. So when I say that, it's not really an exaggeration. and, And so I had to undo a lot. But, you know, that's what I'm born. My passion is born out of this in my own life with you, your own son, and what happens. And you show the video of, of his recovery, which is still astonishing. And I'm telling you out there, if you have not been to Advanced Medicine Seminar, uh, you know, your heart will be open from what you see and what you witness. And then this woman comes and shows up. She was in a wheelchair till how many weeks? Two and a half weeks before? Right. What What was it that you did? Are you sure you didn't do something special with her or something different? I mean... You know, Robert, it's just the same approach, and that approach is get the garbage out. And what I said to the audience that I'm just a, nothing more than a glorified trash man, that's really an accurate statement. Um, when you look at how the body works, as you know, you just got to give it what it needs and take out what it's not supposed to have and get out of the way and let it do its thing. I mean, it is the ultimate piece of machinery designed by the ultimate engineer. Yeah. You know, the advanced medicine seminars for me, though— it's not about that woman that was able to walk out. I mean, obviously, that's just that was used to demonstrate to people belief. I mean, right. That's what it was. But you know what? What really what gets to me and what really excites me is when I see somebody in the audience and I can tell they're shifting. I can see it. I can see their eyes tear up. I can see them starting to break down. I told a story which I haven't shared with anybody. Even my own office manager who's been with me for thirteen years didn't know this. But I shared the story on the first day with the providers. And after the seminar is over, at the end of the day, she's standing there looking at me with a smile on her face. And there were a number of people ahead of her in line that wanted to talk to me. And as her turn came up, she just had this smile on her face. And it was a smile that filled the entire room. It was almost like she was radiating this energy. Uh, You could almost see a light around her. And I hadn't seen that till probably 10 minutes after I had told that story. Mm-hmm. And she didn't tell me anything except that she said, when you told that story, Dr. Patar, she said, it was me that you were talking to. Because I made the comment. I said, I don't know why I'm telling the story. I've never right. told it before. And maybe I just need it. Maybe there's a person in here that you never know. Yeah. And she said, she said, that was for me. And she said, it really changed my life. It, it's it's made that it made that difference for me. And she, you could tell. She didn't have to say anything. Yes. You could see it in her face. And she said, thank you. And that was it. And that's what it is exciting to me that at every seminar, it seems like there are a lot of people, not everybody voices, but there are a lot of people that have that experience. Yes. And I don't even know how or why or where it comes from because you've heard me lecture enough times, you know that no two lectures are the same. I mean, mm-hmm. the, maybe the fundamental Fundamentals are going to be there, but yes, it'll always drift and, and your your staff looks at you and rolls their eyes. Yeah. <laughs> there he goes. Well, did you, I just saw, apparently, um, my wife told me that they'd posted on there that they think that this has been the best one so far. So yeah, it, yeah. So each time, I guess, it gets you know It better. evolves, yeah. yeah. 
Well, you had talked about this, as you said, this story. Sometimes we'll be on the air. We don't know why we're going a certain direction right. as well. Now, not often we can always hear somebody come to us like you just said, they smile and say, that was for me. But that's to me, the Advanced Medicine Seminar is like that because at every one of them, there's some folks from the show that'll come up and say to me similar that, you know, I've, I've heard the message. I enjoy so much listening and this is how it's changed my life. Or, you know, in the case of the woman, you know, she's walking now and there are so many others that we know we'll never hear from, from all over the planet. Mm -hmm. Uh, but when we get together like this, it's, it reinforces as if we needed strengthening. I mean, we tend to be self-motivated. It's coming from within, Mm -hmm. but I can't argue that it's not nice to hear sometimes and meet these folks and it strengthens, you know, your reason for being. No, I, I totally agree with you. And I've had people say that it's been great listening to you guys on the show, but there is a huge difference by being at the advanced medicine seminar. And if a, Word is translated into a picture, and a picture is worth a thousand words, and a movie is worth a million words. Then being there for the entire day or two days, it really is a different experience. And I can tell you, uh, at the end of the second day, you weren't there in the first day. You mm-hmm. were playing hooky. But at the end of the second day, <laughs> yes. when Tasha pointed to me, do you remember she put up, she she said something, and I was like, what? And a seven, right? right she yeah. Was doing, yeah. She went like past seven, and we were supposed to be done at 4.30. Mm-hmm. And what did I say? I said, well, look at the audience. We've got 95% of the people still here. Yeah. You know? And so people want that. They, they didn't, they weren't saying, oh, look at the time. When's this thing going to be over? No, no, there wasn't any of that. Right. I, I was, I always, sometimes, I sometimes will feel a little bad. It's like, are we forcing them to be here? But nobody's seeming to get up or even, anything. Even when yeah. we ended at eight o'clock, mm-hmm. I would say 70% of the people were still there and they were talking and everything. I mean, there were people in there. I had to tell my staff to start packing up stuff. You saw right. that, right? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, they were still there. So people don't do that unless the message is resonating with yes. them. Yes. Well, exactly. I mean, how many times have you gone to a, a medical or other seminar where you you just can't wait to hit the door? Like, can they look that way so I can get out? Yeah. And it, or you're just fidgeting going, oh, it's okay. But, I mean, that doesn't happen at these things. This is where people are engaged almost from the, if not, if from the get-go and all the way through to the end and beyond the end. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was an interesting experience here, Robert, to have – three people over the age of 85 that are fully functional on mm-hmm. no drugs and two of the three were providers healthcare mm. providers that was, that was cool. pretty amazing huh that was really cool yeah, yeah and i just mentioned i had lectured uh, just before i had come up to the seminar uh, to a group of, of a lot of my elders i should i should say one guy was 90 mm. zero drugs every time the docs tried to get him on drug rejects it throws it away and i was like that's why he's alive he's fully got all of his cognitive abilities he's got the start of slight neurological tremors. Mm -hmm. And so we talked about some things he could do. But, I mean, nothing that was impairing him. There was another guy almost as old who's World War II era. He was telling me about the stories how, uh, you know, the injuries would occur, bullet holes, literally, uh, that they had, they were issued packets of silver nitrate Hmm. to to cauterize cauterize the wounds right on the battlefield. You know, because I asked, was anybody ever, because these these folks were old enough to remember when modern medicine used things like that and more Mm -hmm. natural. They had been through the transition. And so I asked that question, and that's when he volunteered. Yeah, way back in World War II, we used silver. It was normal. You know, so I thought it was interesting because that's all coming back around as the antibiotics are failing everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, wow. Yeah, you know, the the elders will teach us as well (laughs) if they're out there still doing it. Well, in the interesting thing for me, too, was that these people have lived their lives the right way, and they just their existence and how they've existed is a role model. Mm-hmm. You don't have to look that far and start realizing, well, here's an example of a person, 
and this is how we should, if we want to, you know, look as good as them when we're their age, and if we want to be able to function as well as they do at their age, then perhaps we should look at what they did to get to this point. But uh, those two providers asked me to, they said that they wanted to actually have a seminar up in, I think they were from Virginia, I believe they were, or West Virginia perhaps, mm-hmm. and they wanted us to come out there and put an advanced medicine seminar on there. And there were just some interesting experiences, like one of the ladies there that said, well, my son's thinking about going to medicine, what advice would you give them? <laughs> and I said, well, I would tell them to talk to their mother, who, who is, is a doctor <laughs> herself, and, yes. you know, and well, she started laughing, and she's family practice, but it... it it, it was just a good. It's just a good seminar. Every time it gets better and better. Yeah, it, it was. It was stunning. Uh, I was thinking also about the, you know when we talk about age, um, aging, saging, whatever you want to say. It, these folks that are old, many of them de- did have a stronger base to begin with. Yes. They grew up in a time where the food was cleaner. Uh, they actually walked. They did things. They grew gardens. And so the handicap I see for particularly with the baby boomers that drive a lot of the economy, although they're in trouble now in their old age. Uh, word word out on the studies of these these folks saying that they're just just leading them right into dementia, early age uh-huh. of old age dementia. Now they thought they were going to live forever, partly because at their early ages, I perceive and believe they were also eating a little bit healthier than the average person growing up today. So they had a stronger base, but now that strength is waning over the time that they have degraded their interaction with a, a much more toxic environment. Whereas their kids, a lot quicker. You know, and then now the kids that are having babies, I just covered a story yesterday, Dr. Batar, kids, teenagers who are having babies with birth defects Mm -hmm. regularly, strange birth defects that they haven't seen in generations. And that used to be the domain of if you were very old and you had a child Mm -hmm. that birthed Mm -hmm. now, the younger ones. What is this saying? Yeah, I think this is a Price Pottinger cat study. You know, we're in the third, fourth generation now, and we're going to start seeing all the things that they saw in that cat study where by the third, by the fourth generation of eating processed foods and cooked foods and all the live enzymes were destroyed and, you know, the antisocial, aggressive uh, increase in oxidative stress, more atherosclerosis, more diabetes, more arthritis, more cancerous processes in these cats by the fourth generation. And, you know, we're, we're in that third, fourth generation now. Yeah, I think that exactly. It's come to life in the human line or lineage now at this point and you know there are those who could see it they tended to be outside of the consensus within modern medicine whether they they were doctors or not that were predicting it and now we're seeing the horrific reality of it coming to life of course uh, you know what what stimulated you with what happened to your son with vaccines but as we're seeing these things expand well beyond the confines of what they called autism now Mm -hmm. that's what i'm seeing like as they say the baby boomers now suddenly dementia is hitting them now, partly, of course, they're relying on statin drugs to reduce the fat, mm-hmm. which is so essential for neurological function, cognition, but endocrine function that keeps you young as well. So it's a confluence of events that we're right now at all of these crossroads and the advanced medicine seminars, we're letting loose on all of this and giving people a pathway out. Yeah, especially now with the advent of the head map being released, uh, it's it's really exciting. Yeah, actually, and we're going to take a break. I want to go more into the head map. I got a better glimpse of it this time than ever before, so getting a sense of it, we can get you excited about this uh, that's about to be released. And uh, and more right here on the Advanced Medicine Monday version of the Robert Scott Bell Show with Dr. Rashi Batar. Remember, if you're a new listener, the international bestseller, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Awake, linked up. It's always the image there. Just click on it. You can get it as well as going to Medical Rewind if you've missed any show ever. And if you have, we'll find you. We'll come and get you. All right, stand by. We'll be right back. The Robert Scott Bell Show. 
in the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Dr. Tara, I know that we've only started this show, believe it or not, we're in our third year together doing mm-hmm. this. But you've been working on things for a lot longer, even though I've known you longer than that. But you've been working on this ahead map. And we've talked about it. And I, th- I still think people are out there scratching their heads, not really clear. This is the most clear presentation that I've gotten on it at this latest advanced medicine seminar. And experientially, you've had some people go through it to see in one phase what could happen. And it surprised even you. Yeah, actually, the head map is the basis of how I built my practice since 1996. But in 2002 is when I thought that it's going to be more effective for me to create an automated system so it's not dependent upon me. It's more uh, easier to access and more people can benefit from it. So that's when we started to make the first attempt at actually putting it into an electronic format so that the masses could access it. And it was a much greater task than I thought. The use of the head map, though, has been continuous in my practice, but it's been a manual process. Mm -hmm. And so to automate it has been definitely a challenge. In 2008, that was the last version of it. In fact, the forms that I'm still using in my office, the last revised formats were in 2008. And since then, it's been electronically being manipulated as far as creating the head map. But I stopped uh, upgrading it, if you will, in 2008, as far as the actual science behind it, the logic behind it. Now, everything else was since 2008, how to put it into a computer so the computer can do the same thing. Right. And about a year before that, in 2007, is when we, well, when I asked the, some of the other AMSA doctors to get involved. And so as of 2012, we had 255 years of clinical experience behind Oof, the head map. 255 years. 255 years, yeah, collectively speaking. Right. And what's interesting is that the implementation of the head map the there's four phases and what i mean by the four phases is the patients go through the first phase then the second then the third then the fourth but the examples of the case studies that i presented which were all recent you notice that they were yes. all within the last six months or so every one of those case studies was only using the first phase of the program all through phase one and and as i understood it you you have a scoring mechanism and and you know, let, let's be honest. Some people might look at that and go, oh, "How can you automate the, you know, the doctor-patient relationship in this way?" Yeah, and we're not trying to automate the doctor-patient relationship at all. We're trying to utilize the superior ability of a computer to crunch numbers. I mean, there are literally millions and millions of calculations for each patient to determine which protocol they're going to be on. The interrelationships are so intricate. Mm-hmm. But the, the problem is that right now I have to look at it. I have to rely on my clinical experience. I have to go through these questions. I have to decide this, this, this. Everything is now put into a neural network, which actually mm-hmm. will continuously advance. So in other words, the system learns as it goes. And the first phase, just the first phase of it t- taking people and lowering their scores down to 100 or 22, as you heard. I yeah. Mean, it, that's just, that's even more impressive than I ever thought I expected to ever get. Well, that, see, that's the implementation because if I sit back and I observe it and say, come on, you're really trying to get a computer to do this, but put it to the test. Again, always the living examples, more important than anything else because otherwise you can never implement this. And you've got to prove it. You've got to right. show that it works. Robert, any, and you can take anything and automate it into a computer system in a couple of weeks. This has taken 22, I mean, how many so years? It's taken 11 years, 11 years. But it's taking the last 22 months of in extreme, intense programming to get it to where we need to get it. What 
I am seeing right now is, and we, somebody else said this. I don't know who said it, but it, it kind of hit me. This is like anti-Obamacare. <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting thing, the perspective people got there. Yeah. Because it was a completely out of the realm of disempowerment and complete empowerment. Yeah. And cost efficiency, cost effectiveness, like nothing I've ever seen, that would allow for people. And when you say in phase one, getting the kind of response results that you had written out, well, we have four phases to get through to get people to have the response that you were seeing in only phase one? Well, the, the, four, the four phases are, the, the ultimate phase is actually maintenance. Mm-hmm. But to get people to a point where they're beyond what I would expect them to be at maintenance was just extraordinary. And and again, not every... See, this is one of the things that people had a problem with, some of the doctors had a problem with, because they were talking about how is this going to tie in with what we do in the clinic. Right. And I had to explain to them, this is a self-contained system. It is not designed to take that woman that's now walking, get her walking. It's not designed for stage four cancer patients that's in liver failure or renal failure to get them back to the normal function. That's not what the design is. This is a design to take the masses and help them to reach a better state of health, to reach a better state of functioning because people mm-hmm. seem to think that absence of disease is health. It is not. Right, right. So this is where our goal is to really make these people get healthy. Now, will a cancer patient or will a diabetic or will somebody in a wheelchair benefit? Yes, they will, but it's not going to help to reverse that process, but it will be a good beginning, a, a start. It's a good mm-hmm. building block. And then who knows? There will be some people that will actually achieve some of those states. But right. like that woman that walked, that's now out of her wheelchair, and it's not just she just got up and walked. I mean, she's no, she's no longer in a wheelchair. She's no longer dependent on a wheelchair. She's not even dependent on There was on no cane. wheelchair there. There, there was, was no, no cane. Yeah, there was no, no walker. Not, that's right. She's walking normally now. Now, this woman did receive intervening therapies, and she did receive some other things. But I started her on her head map. Her initial score was 385 when she started. And her score... That was done on July 15th. We had an office visit just a couple of days ago. About a week ago, her score was down to 100. And so that's the difference. From 385, she dropped down to 100, and you know she's walking. But again, I did use other tools to achieve that state. Right. So this, was, this is more of a – it's a SF36 patient outcome-based research model technique that I'm using. It is a well-established, clinically validated method of collecting data. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm doing is I just took that information and then I correlated it and weighed it with certain symptoms, with certain protocols. We had to cross-reference everything. We had to weigh everything. Each question is weighed differently with different protocols. Each protocol is weighed differently with different symptoms. Each symptom is very different. I mean, it's very... Smoke is coming out my ears as you're telling me this. But (laughs) this is one reason that what I told my programmers is that what I want to have on the head map when somebody takes it... Mm -hmm. Before the results are generated, I want them to be able to see how many calculations took place for this protocol to be determined that is specific for them. You can have a 1,000 people with the exact same score on the head map. They will all be on different protocols. It's all completely individualized based upon how it's you incredible. answer the question. Really incredible. And, you know, I, I speak often about... Uh, of course, bringing the power to heal back to people. Sometimes some docs will be annoyed by it, but those are not the docs I'm really worried about because I'm really trying to teach people to take that, which is their birthright, back into their own hands. And I see this a head map as a tool to do just that. Whether they can access massive, intense therapies and docs and intervene, at the very least, at the very least, they are going to be so much closer to where that goal is of that, an ability to just maintain yourself. That's right. Uh, with or without the intervention. And as I said so many times, there are not enough doctors, there are not enough doctor retards, there are not enough homeopaths, there are not enough folks to go around. And there, I don't know if there ever will be, but the point is, I'm not waiting, you're not waiting, 
creating this is so exciting. And that means anybody listening to this anywhere on planet Earth pretty much can access it and try it and, exactly. and benefit by it. Exactly. And it can be shipped right to them. Exactly. And here's yeah. the other thing, too. I don't know whether you want to talk about the greatest source of oxidative stress that we talked about, mm-hmm. which was the part. And you know, this whole thing is, this whole thing yeah, is based yeah. upon... Uh, addressing toxicity. AHEAD stands for Advanced Health Evaluation and Assessment for Detoxification. Yeah. And the MAP is, of course, Medical Assessment Program. So now, how do you effectively address toxicity without addressing the greatest source of toxicity or oxidative stress in the planet today? And that was the most exciting part that we've not figured that out, too. Oxidative stress. We've talked about so many things that do that. What is, are you talking about the one, the most, the biggest one that you found? Yeah, the one that when we asked the audience and, you know, people will think that, ah, how can that be the greatest source of oxidative stress? It's not part of the right. seven toxicities, Dr. Yeah, Dr. It yeah. is actually part of the seven toxicities. It's part of the fifth one, well, the emotional psychological one. Well, let's, let's see how it ties together. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back to wrap up Advanced Medicine Monday. We're going to give you... The answer, in fact, what is that biggest one that that's, keeps coming up for everybody? And we're trying to develop a system, and in fact, it is developing one that'll out create even that one. All right, stand by. We'll be right back. Live around the world, the Robert Scott Robert Bell Show. Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Do you know what the secret of life is? No, what? This. Your finger? One thing. Just one thing. That's great, but what's the one thing? That's what you've got to figure out. So what is that one thing, Dr. Batar? The one. The one. The what? There can be only one. That's right. <laughs> So let's just clarify for people that are probably a little confused right now. The uh, the greatest source of oxidative stress, mm-hmm. and it actually falls underneath that fifth category in my seven toxicity hierarchy. And that, by the way, as I mentioned at the Advanced Medicine Seminar, and I want to make sure everybody understands, the order of those seven toxicities is not in the priority of how important they are. They are rather numbered in the way that they were Revealed Real to, to you, yes. Right. Yeah. So I just want to make sure people seem to think that because metals are the first one, they're the most important. They're just, they're all just as important as each other. But I have found the fifth one, emotional psychological, to be probably one of the most common components throughout all pathologies and almost universally affecting all patient populations. And the greatest component within that emotional psychological one seems to be it's very close. It's probably a lack of forgiveness on one side and financial stress on the other side, but they're very, very close. I, I believe the financial one is truly the greatest source of oxidative stress in the emotional psychological component. And we have figured out a way to address that as well with the head map. Yeah, nice. Now, the, the financial stress, I call it economic stress, it, it's, it's climbing up. I mean, we talked about the baby boomers, their lack of health, but you know, if they thought they had 401ks waiting for them. I mean, there's some real issues. Who was it that brought up that $300 was the difference between bankruptcy and paying the mortgage or something like that? What yeah, was that? he said actually it's uh, the difference between being solvent and bankruptcy was $300. Which, a month, yeah. Yeah, 300 Well, I don't know. Well, I guess maybe $300 a month or maybe just it was $300 is the total just amount. that close, yeah. I mean, it's just amazing that that's the, you know, how small, close of a margin that is. But 
when you start to realize some of the numbers, as you mentioned, with the baby boomers now not having their 401 retirements and because their investments have been eroded away, the value and of government, the And government workers, they're going to be robbed, too. If oh, they yeah. thought they had a cushy future, it ain't happening. Yeah. So, I mean, financial stress is only ramping up even bigger in the emotional, psychological realm. So how does the Ahead Map help them? Well, they will be a program, and I won't go into it in detail here, but for those that participate in the Ahead Map and have actually gone through it themselves and experienced the benefit, for them there is a program, a word-of-mouth referral program, an mm-hmm. affiliate program, right. a two-tiered affiliate program, and there will be more than ample opportunity for them not only to pay for their own protocols, which is what this is designed for, but for those that put forward more effort, they can make a very healthy living. Well, look at it from the first phase of what you just said. Many people are spending a lot of money on supplements, and and mostly rightly so. Sometimes they're not on the right path, but, you know, they're trying their best, and it is stressful to do that. Now, imagine if you could do that and have it paid for. At the very least, that's that's huge. That's right. Have it paid for, and it's specific to their right. system. It's not a general, I hope I'm getting the right thing. I mean, it's very narrowly focused for you. Right, right. right. Yeah, no, that's that, that's big. That's why there's so much more roundedness. And, of course, the head map, the image, is a, is a circle. Yes. We talked a lot about the circle, yeah. and that was fascinating. And uh, there's no beginning and no end to it, but it's coming into focus. That work that you've been after for so long, it's not a small task you've undertaken. Well, it's a task that I think is important to have undertaken because it is so effective in helping to understand where the imbalances lie, what needs to be done. And yes, if it's just used in my practice or in the doctor's practices that have come through our training program, you know, that's a good thing. But to be able to use it for the masses, well, now I'm beginning to approach the motto on our office wall that you saw, Robert, which Mm -hmm. says, making the change the world's waiting for. Right. Making the change that the world is waiting for. Others have said, be the change that you wish to see in the world. And, you know, we encourage that. Actually, Gandhi said that, and I got my make, be the, uh, making the change the world's waiting for from his, be the change the world. Yeah, there's a lineage there you can see. And also, you know, I, I encourage folks at the event as well to find their mission, find their passion, be it. You know, it's not like you you pick up a rock and go, oh, there it is. Remember when I said that? Right. So the uh, folks there were looking, and I, I can imagine them looking at, wow, Dr. Batar, he's really got it. He's on. He knows what he's doing. Ty, oh, man, he's found his mission. Robert's doing his thing. I could never do that. You know, you, see, you tend to look at folks like that. And I was like, no, 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 you, ha- you have a path here. I remember the one woman when, when I challenged them to look at voting a little differently, oh, yeah. right? Remember yeah, absolutely. that? And did you see her face when she left at 8 o'clock? Yes. Her face was glowing. And this is the same woman that said, it was all about fear. How do you get rid of the fear? What do we do? I remember that. That was and that same woman when she left at the end, she was definitely empowered. Yes. Definitely yes. empowered. Her her whole demeanor was different. Her face was different. Even I think she looked an inch, two inches taller. Yeah. Her stature was different. It was extraordinary because it, it isn't sometimes we have grandiose visions of what it you need to do to change the world. And it's just that, you know, that one, one little step. One, right. little step. Yeah. one little step at a time. One mm-hmm. person at a time. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So I was inspired by that. You know, I love the fact that she's she's spoke up and asked the question, too, because it was a little bit, but what do I do? You know, you could be embarrassed to say something like that. And I love the openness there. And, and once again, I mean, we started it as kind of round, gone, come full circle today with talking about the latest Advanced Medicine Seminar. But I want to encourage and invite everybody to the next ones coming up. There's one in Cancun or the big one coming up. Uh, there are others. Uh, do you have them in your head? I'm looking at the calendar here. No, real actually, quick. we we don't have any more schedule because okay. this was what we launched last year. It was right. a, a, a one-year cycle. A one-year right. cycle every two months. And we've gone to all the cities that we were supposed to, Philadelphia, we were in Chicago, we were in Phoenix, we were in Houston, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, we don't have anything now scheduled, Robert. Our, the plan is 
our thought process was, why are we going to certain cities and forcing it rather than allowing people to determine where we should go? And so I'm not sure exactly where the next one's going to be, but it probably will be sometime in in October okay. because we're going to do the one in August in Cancun. Right. And just don't know where it's going to be. And, we, we, you know, we're going to let the universe tell us. Sure. And speaking of October, there's a number of events going on. Uh, I mentioned the 10th Amendment Center has the Nullify Now Tour. I'm hoping your brother Shahid comes from the Bill of Rights Defense Committee because they do a lot of work together as well. Maybe see you there because that's really cool. We did talk a little bit about political healing as well. We can't ignore that. Uh, but it's it, it's all there. And you're right. And, and also, when I, when I see the next phase of the uh, Advanced Medicine Seminars launching, with the, the clarity coming together on the head map, it's only going to be more functional for people each time. Yeah, Absolutely. That's exactly right. And my goal is not to have a advanced medicine seminar coming up in October. You know, the goal is that we end up, the eventual goal is I want to have hundreds of these seminars going on simultaneously in different parts of the country, different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, upcoming, you can be sure that every Monday we're together uh, doing Advanced Medicine Mondays on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Uh, Keep uh, uh, providing this healing in a way that uh, is through the broadcast medium. You can feel the energy that that gets when we get together, even when we're not together in the same room. It's just a lot of fun. We had a great time together at the, uh, the latest seminar. I'm looking forward to seeing you as soon as possible at any other opportunity we have. And uh, let us know what you think. You could always give us a call, ask a question for Dr. Batar at 866-939-BELL, 866-939-2355, or send it in at robertscottbell.com. And we'll be sure to ask him, in addition to the things we just get to do together, have a good time. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's it for today's show. And... Uh, it seems like everybody out there, I wish I could put the microphone out to the audience right now to say, you know how what we end the show with? What do we say? What do we do? Yeah. You know? And it, it, and it it's true. What can you say about it? It's just one of those it things that true. comes through and you're like, okay, it's right. Let's go. The power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show.